5. I out of their history. It is supposed by those who have investigated the matter that the ancient Chinese philosophers used these puzzles as a sort of kindergarten method of imparting the principles of geometry. Whether this was so or not, it is certain that all good dissection puzzles for the nursery type of jigsaw puzzle, which merely consists in cutting up a picture into pieces to be put together again, is not worthy of serious consideration or really based on geometrical laws. This statement need not, however, frighten off the novice for it means little more than this, that geometry will give us the reason why, if we are interested in knowing it, though the solutions may often be discovered by any intelligent person after the exercise of patience, ingenuity, and common sagacity, if we want to cut one plain figure into parts that by readjustment will form another figure, the first thing is to find a way of doing it at all, and then to discover how to do it in the fewest possible pieces. Often a dissection problem is quite easy apart from this limitation of pieces. At the time of the publication in the Weekly Dispatch, in 1902, of a method of cutting an equilateral triangle into four parts that will form a square scene number 26, Canterbury Puzzles. No geometrician would have had any difficulty in doing what is required in five pieces. The whole point of the discovery lay in performing the little feet in four pieces only. Mere approximations in the case of these problems are valueless. The solution must be geometrically exact, or it is not a solution at all. Fallacies are cropping up now and again, and I shall have occasion to refer to one or two of these. They are interesting merely as fallacies, but I want to say something on two little points that are always arising in cutting out puzzles the questions of hanging by a thread and turning over. These points can best be illustrated by a puzzle that is frequently to be found in the old books, but invariably with a false solution. The puzzle is to cut the figure shown in figure 1 into three pieces that will fit together and form a half-square triangle. The answer that is invariably given is that shown in figures 1 and 2. Now, it is claimed that the four pieces marked C are really only one piece, because they may be so cut that they are left hanging together by a mere thread, but no serious puzzle lover will ever admit this. If the cut is made so as to leave the four pieces joined in one, then it cannot result in a perfectly exact solution. If on the other hand, the solution is to be exact, then there will be four pieces or six pieces in all, if island therefore, not a solution in three pieces, if, however, the reader will look at the solution in figures three and four, he will see that no such fault can be found with it, there is no question whatever that there are three pieces, and the solution is in this respect quite satisfactory, but another question arises, it will be found on inspection that the piece marked F in figure three, is turned over in figure 4 that is to say, a different side has necessarily to be presented, if the puzzle were merely to be cut out of cardboard or wood, there might be no objection to this reversal, but it is quite possible that the material would not admit of being reversed, there might be a pattern, a polish, a difference of texture, that prevents it, but it is generally understood that in dissection puzzles you are allowed to turn pieces over unless it is distinctly stated that you may not do so and very often a puzzle is greatly improved by the added condition. No piece may be turned over. I have often made puzzles, too, in which the diagram has a small repeated pattern, and the pieces have then so to be cut that not only is there no turning over, but the pattern has to be matched, which cannot be done if the pieces are turned round, even with the proper side uppermost, before presenting a varied series of cutting out puzzles, some very easy and others difficult. I propose to consider one family alone those problems involving what is known as the Greek cross with the square, 
this will exhibit a great variety of curious transpositions, and, by having the solutions as we go along, the reader will be saved the trouble of perpetually turning to another part of the book, and will have everything under his eye. It is hoped that in this way the article may prove somewhat instructive to the novice and interesting to others. Greek cross puzzles, to fret thy soul with crosses, Spencer, but, for my part, it was Greek to me, Julius Caesar, I too, many people are accustomed to consider the cross as a holy Christian symbol, this is erroneous, it is a very great antiquity, the ancient Egyptians employed it as a sacred symbol, and on Greek sculptures we find representations of a cake the supposed real origin of our hot cross buns bearing a cross, two such cakes were discovered at Herculanum. Cecrops offered to Jupiter Olympus a sacred cake or boon of this kind, the cross and ball, so frequently found on Egyptian figures, is a circle and the tau cross, the circle signified the eternal preserver of the world, and the T named from the Greek letter tau, is the monogram of Thoth, the Egyptian Mercury, meaning wisdom, this tau cross is also called by Christians the cross of Saint Anthony, and is borne on a badge in the bishop's palace at Exeter, as for the Greek or mundane cross. The cross with four equal arms. We are told by competent antiquaries that it was regarded by ancient occultists for thousands of years as a sign of the dual forces of nature, the male and female spirit of everything that was everlasting. The Greek cross, as shown in figure 5, is formed by the assembling together of five equal squares. We will start with what is known as the Hindu problem, supposed to be upwards of 3,000 years old. It appears in the seal of Harvard College and is often given in old works as symbolical of mathematical science and exactitude. Cut the cross into five pieces to form a square. Figures 6 and 7 show how this is done. It was not until the middle of the 19th century that we found that the cross might be transformed into a square in only four pieces. Figures 8 and 9 will show how to do it. If we further require the four pieces to be all of the same size and shape, this figure 9 is remarkable because, according to Dr. Alplanchon and others, as expounded in a work by Professor Wilson of the Smithsonian Institute. Here we have the great swastika, or sign, of good luck to you, the most ancient symbol of the human race of which there is any record. Professor Wilson's work gives some 400 illustrations of this curious sign as found in the Aztec mounds of Mexico, the pyramids of Egypt, the ruins of Troy, and the ancient lore of India and China. One might almost say there is a curious affinity between the Greek cross and swastika, if, however, we require that the four pieces shall be produced by only two clips of the scissors assuming the puzzle is in paper form. Then we must cut as in figure 10 to form figure 11. The first clip of the scissors being from a to be of course folding the paper, or holding the pieces together after the first cut, would not in this case be allowed. But there is an infinite number of different ways of making the cuts to solve the puzzle in four pieces. To this point I propose to a return. It will be seen that every one of these puzzles has its reverse puzzle to cut a square into pieces to form a Greek cross. But as a square has not so many angles as the cross, it is not always equally easy to discover the true directions of the cuts. Yet in the case of the examples given, I will leave the reader to determine their direction for himself, as they are rather obvious from the diagrams. Cut a square into five pieces that will form two separate Greek crosses of different sizes. This is quite an easy puzzle. As will be seen in figure 12, we have only to divide our square into 25 little squares and then cut as shown. The cross A is cut out entire, and the pieces B, C, D and E form the larger cross in figure 13. The reader may here like to cut the single piece, B into four pieces all similar in shape to itself, 
and form a cross with them in the manner shown in figure 13. I hardly need give the solution. Cut a square into five pieces that will form two separate Greek crosses of exactly the same size. This is more difficult. We make the cuts as in figure 14, where the cross comes out entire and the other four pieces form the cross in figure 15. The direction of the cuts is pretty obvious. It will be seen that the sides of the square in figure 14 are marked off into six equal parts. The sides of the cross are found by ruling lines from certain of these points to others. I will now explain, as I promised, why a Greek cross may be cut into four pieces in an infinite number of different ways to make a square. Draw a cross, as in figure 16. Then draw on transparent paper the square shown in figure 17, taking care that the distance C to D is exactly the same as the distance A to B in the cross. Now place the transparent paper over the cross and slide it about into different positions. Only be very careful always to keep the square at the same angle to the cross as shown. Where B is parallel to CD if you place the point C exactly over the lines will indicate the solution figures 10 and 11. If you place C in the very center of the dotted square, it will give the solution in figures 8 and 9. You will now see that by sliding the square about so that the point C is always within the dotted square you may get as many different solutions as you like, because, since an infinite number of different points may theoretically be placed within the square, there must be an infinite number of different solutions, but the point C need not necessarily be placed within the dotted square, it may be placed, for example, at point E to give a solution in four pieces, here the joins at and F may be as slender as you like. Yet if you once get over the edge at or if you no longer have a solution in four pieces, this proof will be found both entertaining and instructive. If you do not happen to have any transparent paper at hand, any thin paper will of course do if you hold the two sheets against a pane of glass in the window. It may have been noticed from the solutions of the puzzles that I have given that the side of the square formed from the cross is always equal to the distance it to be in figure 16. This must necessarily be so and I will presently try to make the point quite clear. We will now go one step further. I have already said that the ideal solution to a cutting out puzzle is always that which requires the fewest possible pieces. We have just seen that two crosses of the same size may be cut out of a square in five pieces. The reader who succeeded in solving this perhaps asked himself, can it be done in fewer pieces? This is just the sort of question that the true puzzle lover is always asking, and it is the right attitude for him to adopt. The answer to the question is that the puzzle may be solved in four pieces the fewest possible. This, then, is a new puzzle. Cut a square into four pieces that will form two Greek crosses of the same size. The solution is very beautiful. If you divide by points the sides of the square into three equal parts, the directions of the lines in figure 18 will be quite obvious. If you cut along these lines, the pieces A and B will form the cross in figure 19 and the pieces C and D the similar cross in figure 20. In the square we have another form of swastika. The reader will here appreciate the truth of my remark to the effect that it is easier to find the directions of the cuts when transforming a cross to a square than when converting a square into a cross. Thus, in figures 6, 8, and 10 the directions of the cuts are more obvious than in figure 14, where we have first to divide the sides of the square into six equal parts, and in figure 18, where we divide them into three equal parts. Then. Supposing you were required to cut two equal Greek crosses, each into two pieces, to form a square, a glance at figures 19 and 20 will show how absurdly more easy this is than the reverse puzzle of cutting the square to make two crosses, referring to my remarks on fallacies.
I will now give a little example of these solutions that are not solutions. Some years ago a young correspondent sent me what he evidently thought was a brilliant new discovery the transforming of a square into a Greek cross in four pieces by cuts all parallel to the sides of the square. I give his attempt in figures 21 and 22, where it will be seen that the four pieces do not form a symmetrical Greek cross, because the four arms are not really squares but oblongs. To make it a true Greek cross we should require the additions that I have indicated with dotted lines. Of course his solution produces a cross, but it is not the symmetrical Greek variety required by the conditions of the puzzle. My young friend thought his attempt was near enough to be correct, but if he bought a penny apple with a sixpence he probably would not have thought it near enough if he had been given only fourpence change. As the reader advances he will realize the importance of this question of exactitude. In these cutting out puzzles it is necessary not only to get the directions of the cutting lines as correct as possible, but to remember that these lines have no width. If after cutting up one of the crosses in a manner indicated in these articles you find that the pieces do not exactly fit to form a square, you may be certain that the fault is entirely your own. Either your cross was not exactly drawn, or your cuts were not made quite in the right directions, or if you used wood and a fret saw your saw was not sufficiently fine. If you cut out the puzzles in paper with scissors, or in cardboard with a penknife, no material is lost, but with a saw, however fine, there is a certain loss. In the case of most puzzles this slight loss is not sufficient to be appreciable. If the puzzle is cut out on a large scale, but there have been instances where I have found it desirable to draw and cut out each part separately not from one diagram in order to produce a perfect result. Now for another puzzle. If you have cut out the five pieces indicated in figure 14, you will find that these can be put together so as to form the curious cross shown in figure 23. So if I asked you to cut figure 24 into five pieces to form either a square or two equal Greek crosses you would know how to do it. You would make the cuts as in figure 23, and place them together as in figures 14 and 15. But I want something better than that, and it is this. Cut figure 24 into only four pieces that will fit together and form a square. The solution to the puzzle is shown in figures 25 and 26. The direction of the cut dividing A and C in the first diagram is very obvious, and the second cut is made at right angles to it. That the four pieces should fit together and form a square will surprise the novice, who will do well to study the puzzle with some care, as it is most instructive. I will now explain the beautiful rule by which we determine the size of a square that shall have the same area as a Greek cross, for it is applicable, and necessary, to the solution of almost every dissection puzzle that we meet with. It was first discovered by the philosopher Pythagoras, who died 500 BC and is the 47th proposition of Euclid. The young reader who knows nothing of the elements of geometry will get some idea of the fascinating character of that science. The triangle ABC in figure 27 is what we call a right-angled triangle, because the side BC is at right angles to the side AB. Now if we build up a square on each side of the triangle, the squares on AB and BC will together be exactly equal to the square on the long side AC, which we call the hypotenuse. This is proved in the case I have given by subdividing the three squares into cells of equal dimensions. It will be seen that 9 added to 16 equals 25. The number of cells in the large square, if you make triangles with the sides 5, 12 and 13, or with 8, 15 and 17, you will get similar arithmetical proofs, for these are all, rational, right-angled triangles, but the law is equally true for all cases, 
Supposing we cut off the lower arm of a Greek cross and place it to the left of the upper arm, as in figure 28, then the square on F added to the square on D exactly equals the square on DF. Therefore we know that the square of DF will contain the same area as the cross. This fact we have proved practically by the solutions of the earlier puzzles of the series, but whatever length we give to D and F, we can never give the exact length of DF in numbers, because the triangle is not a rational one. But the law is nonetheless geometrically true. Now look at figure 29, and you will see an elegant method for cutting a piece of wood of the shape of two squares of any relative dimensions into three pieces that will fit together and form a single square. If you mark off the distance ab equal to the side CD the directions of the cuts are very evident. From what we have just been considering, you will at once see why BC must be the length of the side of the new square. Make the experiment as often as you like taking different relative proportions for the two squares, and you will find the rule always come true. If you make the two squares of exactly the same size, you will see that the diagonal of any square is always the side of a square that is twice the size. All this, which is so simple that anybody can understand it, is very essential to the solving of cutting out puzzles. It is in fact the key to most of them, and it is all so beautiful that it seems a pity that it should not be familiar to everybody. We will now go one step further and deal with the half square. Take a square and cut it in half diagonally. Now try to discover how to cut this triangle into four pieces that will form a Greek cross. The solution is shown in figures 31 and 32. In this case it will be seen that we divide two of the sides of the triangle into three equal parts and the long side into four equal parts. Then the direction of the cuts will be easily found. It is a pretty puzzle, and a little more difficult than some of the others that I have given. It should be noted again that it would have been much easier to locate the cuts in the reverse puzzle of cutting the cross to form a half-square triangle. Another ideal that the puzzle maker always keeps in mind is to contrive that there shall, if possible, be only one correct solution. Thus, in the case of the first puzzle, if we only require that a Greek cross shall be cut into four pieces to form a square, their island as I had shown, an infinite number of different solutions. It makes a better puzzle to add the condition that all the four pieces shall be of the same size and shape, because it can then be solved in only one way, as in figures 8 and 9, in this way, too. A puzzle that is too easy to be interesting may be improved by such an addition. Let us take an example. We have seen in figure 28 that figure 33 can be cut into two pieces to form a Greek cross. I suppose an intelligent child would do it in five minutes. But suppose we say that the puzzle has to be solved with a piece of wood that has a bad knot in the position shown in figure 33 a knot that we must not attempt to cut through then a solution in two pieces is barred out. And it becomes a more interesting puzzle to solve it in three pieces. I have shown in figures 33 and 34 one way of doing this. And it will be found entertaining to discover other ways of doing it. Of course I could bar out all these other ways by introducing more knots. And so reduce the puzzle to a single solution but it would then be overloaded with conditions, and this brings us to another point in seeking the ideal, do not overload your conditions, or you will make your puzzle too complex to be interesting, the simpler the conditions of a puzzle are, the better, the solution may be as complex and difficult as you like, or as happens, but the conditions ought to be easily understood, or people will not attempt a solution, if the reader were now asked to cut a half square into as few pieces as possible to form a Greek cross, he would probably produce our solution, figures 31-32, and confidently claim that he had solved the puzzle correctly, in this way he would be wrong, 
because it is not now stated that the square is to be divided diagonally. Although we should always observe the exact conditions of a puzzle we must not read into it conditions that are not there. Many puzzles are based entirely on the tendency that people have to do this. The very first essential in solving a puzzle is to be sure that you understand the exact conditions. Now, if you divided your square in half so as to produce figure 35 it is possible to cut it into as few as three pieces to form a Greek cross. We thus save a piece. I give another puzzle in figure 36. The dotted lines are added merely to show the correct proportions of the figure a square of 25 cells with the four corner cells cut out. The puzzle is to cut this figure into five pieces that will form a Greek cross entire and a square. The solution to the first of the two puzzles last given to cut a rectangle of the shape of a half square into three pieces that will form a Greek cross is shown in figures 37 and 38. It will be seen that we divide the long sides of the oblong into six equal parts and the short sides into three equal parts. In order to get the points that will indicate the direction of the cuts, the reader should compare this solution with some of the previous illustrations. He will see, for example, that if we continue the cut that divides B and C in the cross, we get figure 15. The other puzzle, like the one illustrated in figures 12 and 13, will show how full a little arithmetic may sometimes prove to be in the solution of dissection puzzles. There are 21 of those little square cells into which our figure is subdivided from which we have to form both a square and a Greek cross. Now, as the cross is built up of five squares, and five from twenty-one leaves sixteen a square number we ought easily to be led to the solution shown in figure thirty-nine. It will be seen that the cross is cut out entire, while the four remaining pieces form the square in figure forty. Of course a half square rectangle is the same as a double square, or two equal squares joined together. Therefore, If you want to solve the puzzle of cutting a Greek cross into four pieces to form two separate squares of the same size, all you have to do is to continue the shortcut in figure 38 right across the cross, and you will have four pieces of the same size and shape. Now divide figure 37 into two equal squares by a horizontal cut midway and you will see the four pieces forming the two squares. Cut a Greek cross into five pieces that will form two separate squares one of which shall contain half the area of one of the arms of the cross. In further illustration of what I have already written, if the two squares of the same size of BCD and BCFE in figure 41, are cut in the manner indicated by the dotted lines, the four pieces will form the large square GEC. We thus see that the diagonal AC is the side of a square twice the size of a BCD. It is also clear that half the diagonal of any square is equal to the side of a square of half the area. Therefore, If the large square in the diagram is one of the arms of your cross, the small square is the size of one of the squares required in the puzzle. The solution is shown in figures 42 and 43. It will be seen that the small square is cut out whole and the large square composed of the four pieces B, C, D and E after what I have written. The reader will have no difficulty in seeing that the square is half the size of one of the arms of the cross, because the length of the diagonal of the former is clearly the same as the side of the latter. The thing is now self-evident. I have thus tried to show that some of these puzzles that many people are apt to regard as quite wonderful and bewildering, are really not difficult if only we use a little thought and judgment. In conclusion of this particular subject I will give four Greek cross puzzles, with detached solutions. 142. The Silk Patchwork. The lady members of the Wilkinson family had made a simple patchwork quilt, as a small Christmas present all composed of square pieces of the same size, as shown in the illustration, it only lacked the four corner pieces to make it complete, 
Somebody point out to them that if you unpick the Greek cross in the middle and then cut the stitches along the dark joints, the four pieces all of the same size and shape would fit together and form a square. This the reader knows, from the solution in figure 39, is quite easily done. But George Wilkinson suddenly suggested to them this poser. He said, instead of picking out the cross entire, and forming the square from four equal pieces, can you cut out a square entire and four equal pieces that will form a perfect Greek cross? The Puzzle Island of course, now quite easy. 143, two crosses from one, cut a Greek cross into five pieces that will form two such crosses, both of the same size. The solution of this puzzle is very beautiful. 144, the cross and the triangle, cut a Greek cross into six pieces that will form an equilateral triangle. This is another hard problem. And I will state here that a solution is practically impossible without a previous knowledge of my method of transforming an equilateral triangle into a square scene number 26. Canterbury Puzzles. 145. The Folded Cross. Cut out of paper a Greek cross, then so fold it that with a single straight cut of the scissors the four pieces produced will form a square. Various Dissection Puzzles. We will now consider a small miscellaneous selection of cutting out puzzles, varying in degrees of difficulty. 146. An easy dissection puzzle. First, cut out a piece of paper or cardboard of the shape shown in the illustration. It will be seen at once that the proportions are simply those of a square attached to half of another similar square, divided diagonally. The puzzle is to cut it into four pieces all of precisely the same size and shape. 147. An easy square puzzle. If you take a rectangular piece of cardboard, twice as long as it is broad, and cut it in half diagonally, you will get two of the pieces shown in the illustration. The puzzle is with five such pieces of equal size to form a square. One of the pieces may be cut in two, but the others must be used intact. 148. The Bun Puzzle. The three circles represent three buns, and it is simply required to show how these may be equally divided among four boys. The buns must be regarded as of equal thickness throughout and of equal thickness to each other, of course. They must be cut into as few pieces as possible. To simplify it I will state the rather surprising fact that only five pieces are necessary, from which it will be seen that one boy gets his share into pieces and the other three receive theirs in a single piece. I am aware that this statement gives away the puzzle, but it should not destroy its interest to those who like to discover the reason why. 149. The Chocolate Squares. Here is a slab of chocolate indented at the dotted lines so that the 20 squares can be easily separated. Make a copy of the slab in paper or cardboard and then try to cut it into 9 pieces so that they will form 4 perfect squares all of exactly the same size. 150. Dissecting a Mitre. The figure that is perplexing the carpenter in the illustration represents a mitre. It will be seen that its proportions are those of a square with one quarter removed. The puzzle is to cut it into 5 pieces that will fit together and form a perfect square. I show an attempt, published in America, to perform the feat in four pieces, based on what is known as the step principle, but it is a fallacy. We are told first to cut off the pieces one and two and pack them into the triangular space marked off by the dotted line, and so form a rectangle. So far, so good. Now, we are directed to apply the old step principle, as shown, and, by moving down the piece for one step, form the required square, but, unfortunately, it does not produce a square, only an oblong. Call the three long sides of the mitre 84 inches each. Then, before cutting the steps, 
Our rectangle in three pieces will be 84x63. The steps must be 101 2 inches in height and 12 inches in breadth. Therefore, by moving down a step we reduce by 12 inches the side 84 inches and increase by 101 2 inches the side 63 inches. Hence our final rectangle must be 72 inches x 731 2 inches which certainly is not a square. The fact island the step principle can only be applied to rectangles with sides of particular relative lengths. For example, if the shorter side in this case were 6157 instead of 63, then the step method would apply. For the steps would then be 10 to 7 inches in height and 12 inches in breadth. Note that 6157x84 the square of 72. At present no solution has been found in four pieces, and I do not believe one possible. 151. The Joiner's Problem. I have often had occasion to remark on the practical utility of puzzles, arising out of an application to the ordinary affairs of life of the little tricks and wrinkles that we learn while solving recreation problems. The Joiner, in the illustration, wants to cut the piece of wood into as few pieces as possible to form a square tabletop, without any waste of material. How should he go to a work? How many pieces would you require? 152. Another joiner's problem. A joiner had two pieces of wood of the shapes and relative proportions shown in the diagram. He wished to cut them into as few pieces as possible so that they could be fitted together, without waste, to form a perfectly square tabletop. How should he have done it? There is no necessity to give measurements. For if the smaller piece which is half a square be made a little too large or a little too small it will not affect the method of solution. 153 A cutting out puzzle. Here is a little cutting out poser. I take a strip of paper, measuring 5 inches by 1 inch, and, by cutting it into 5 pieces, the parts fit together and form a square, as shown in the illustration. Now, it is quite an interesting puzzle to discover how we can do this in only 4 pieces. Mrs. Hobson's boy had an accident when playing with the fire, and burnt two of the corners of a pretty hearthrug. The damaged corners have been cut away and it now has the appearance and proportions shown in my diagram. How is Mrs. Hobson to cut the rug into the fewest possible pieces that will fit together and form a perfectly square rug? It will be seen that the rug is in the proportions 36 x 27 it does not matter whether we say inches or yards, and each piece cut away measured 12 and 6 on the outside. 155. 